Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown, 49ers. It is the Mock Draft Special Edition of the No Huddle Podcast presented by 49ers Web Zone. I'm Al Sacco, and on location in the Windy City is Zane Nockby. Zane, how's Chicago, buddy? Uh, it's it's awesome. You know, it's always a special time when we come here, and uh, the weather's been great, and it feels like summer, so it's uh, I'm really happy to be here. And too bad it wasn't last year. You know, the, the draft was here last year, and it's kind of a traveling circus sideshow for Roger Goodell and, and making money for him. So I wonder where it's going to be next year. Hopefully one, one of these years we'll get it in, in the Bay area. Well, Goodell is a clown, so that makes sense that, that it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a circus for him. So. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped to get into this mock draft and just to give you guys a little background, Zane and I have no idea who each other picked. We didn't talk about this other than the fact that we're going to do a mock draft. No idea who we picked. He doesn't know who I picked. So it's going to be fun. But remember, as we're doing this, we're not Mel Kuyper. You know, we, we, we're not going off inside info from some friend of a guy whose sister's cousin's neighbor's friend is dating a scout. It's nothing <laughs> like that. You know, we're just going to have fun. Uh, we're going to make some picks. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk if we agree or disagree. And let's get going, Zane. Why don't we start in round one? Who, who, who is going to be the, the first pick of the John Lynch era for the 49ers? Well, as everybody knows, my draft crush since... I don't know when, since the beginning of the year has been Ruben Foster out of Alabama. And he is going to be the pick at number two. And there's not going to be any trade down because there's no demand for that pick. Everybody knows that it's not a top heavy draft. There's no demand at the top of the draft to, to trade up. So it's going to be Ruben Foster. And in my opinion, he is the best middle linebacker to come out since Luke Keekley. He was a buckets award winner. He had 115 tackles. He had five sacks. He was the SEC championship MVP. He has he checks off all the boxes. He's a three-down linebacker, and he's more of a of a will linebacker um, than than a Mike. I think that you can plug and play right away. And he's and he's kind of akin to Bobby Wagner in terms of his skill set. You know, he's not a he's not an overly big guy. He's two hundred twenty eight pounds, but I feel like and he he did drop some weight for this past year, and it seemed to have helped him with the speed. But I really think that if you pair him next to Navarro Bowman, you're going to have for the next five or six years the the same sort of 10 that you had with Willis and Bowman and that itself changes so much for your defense. When you have two elite linebackers, it, it opens up so many different things for your defense to be able to schematically uh, get an advantage. So it's going to be Ruben Foster. I, I think that's, that's a great pick. Um, and I also went with linebacker out of Alabama, Ruben Foster as a 49ers pick. And listen, I, I've been agreement. saying we're in yeah, agreement. Yeah. Then. So far, so we're one for one, but um, I, I've been saying that for a while too, where I just think he's besides Garrett, I think he's the safest pick. I think he's got a low bus factor and he reminds me of Patrick Willis. And I, I don't think he's going to be as good as Patrick Willis. I don't think he's going to be a hall of fame type player like Willis is, but I think he's going to be a pro bowler. And and I think he he's a plug and play day one starter to put along with Bowman and Smith. And he also provides insurance if, if Bowman isn't healthy. You know, he he can slide to the to the mic position if need be. I think he's a franchise player. And, and like you said, there there isn't there isn't a definite number two in this draft. There isn't there isn't a guy who you say, you know what, after Garrett, he's the guy, or, or there isn't a quarterback that you're going to hit your wagon to. So to me, I I think you have to take 
the safest guy who, who can be a pro bowler. And I think that that's foster to me. And, and I think that they're going to go that route. And I think it, it, it's going to be the right pick. Obviously I think they want to trade down, but there isn't going to be a lot of demand because there isn't that clear cut number two. If somebody falls in love with, with one of the quarter, you know, Trubisky or, or whatever, I, I guess maybe, but unless that happens, I think the Niners are sticking it too. And I agree. I think Foster's the pick. Yeah, and he's had some issues with his shoulder, and they were talking about it this week, actually, how he may not be ready for the season. He may need a second surgery, yada, yada, yada. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's still a blue-chip talent. He's still an elite talent, and his agent actually came out this week and, and kind of cleared it up and said that he will be ready for training camp. And as an agent, you're kind of, yeah, they, you can't really trust them all the time, but they're putting their credibility on the line. And um, if they say something, and it comes out to be true, then nobody talks about it, right? So uh, we don't ever talk about the times when these agents are right. We only talk about them when they're wrong. So I am going to be optimistic and say that he's going to be ready for, for training camp. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, moving on. My round two selection, number 34th pick overall, I took Zay Jones, wide receiver out of ECU. Now, I think Jones, he, he's rising up the draft boards. He had a terrific senior bowl performance, and he actually set an NCAA record with 158 receptions in 2016. He's 6'2". He's over 200 pounds, so he's got the big body the 49ers need opposite Garcon and to help balance with the smaller players they have like Goodwin and Robinson and Curley. What was most impressive about his senior bowl performance is he produced against top flight talent. And I think there were some questions about whether he'd be able to do that or not going into the senior bowl. He also has the pedigree. His father uh, played for the Cowboys in the nineties during their, their Super Bowl runs. And um, his uncle is actually Jeff Blake, who, who used to, who was a quarterback for the Bengals amongst other teams. Also from what I read about Jones, he's a big character guy. And, and we know that Lynch and Shanahan are, are big on character guys. And, and I think this is a receiver that can come in and, and give Kyle Shanahan a playmaker on the outside. I love, I love that pick. I love Zay Jones. I love him as a receiver. I think he's going to be a star in this league. I think that he will eventually blossom into a number one type player, despite the fact that he may not have the the top end speed, although he did run a four, four five in the, in the combine in the 40, but um, my pick is actually Kevin King out of Washington and he's the big cornerback six, three, and he ran at four, four, five, 40, 200 pounds. And he allowed just one touchdown over his last 101 targets. So this guy, he excels in press man coverage, which is basically the, the type of coverage that the 49ers will be running under Robert Sala akin to what Seattle runs. And he can, he can not be necessarily be Richard Sherman, but, but play that role as that big corner that plays on the outside. Um, I will say that he does have some slot experience too. And he does ha offer that versatility. And, and people are concerned about the, he, the fact that he doesn't have top end speed and maybe he should be uh, more, more of a zone coverage player. But this is a really, really deep draft with regard to, to defensive backs in general, safeties and corners. And I, I feel like if the 49ers don't dip in early, they can really miss out on some, some really, really good talent at the, at the corner spot. And obviously with Tremaine Brock being released, there's been a hole that's opened up. And with Jimmy Ward possibly going to free safety, and I'm assuming that's going to happen uh, with this pick. It, it just makes sense to me to have Kevin King. He's, he's a big corner. He's lanky. He's he's got six career interceptions, and you know he has pretty good ball skills too. So I feel like this this pick at, in the, in the second round of Kevin King would really kind of solidify the secondary in in the corner spot. 
It, it's an interesting pick to me. I, I think it's a good one if, if you're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I think a lot of people feel because this draft is so good and the Niners had such issues at, at defense last year that they may go defense um, early on. For me, and you'll see as I go through my draft, I, I thought long and hard about um, a safety or a corner in the second round. But ultimately, I, I think they might have some players in the secondary. And I just, I, for me, I, I don't know how they view these players. I don't know how they view Jimmy Ward. I don't know how they view Dante Johnson. I don't know if they think Will Redmond can come back and ha- can have a big year. Remains to be seen how, how, how they view guys in their secondary right now. But I think, I think if you're looking to solidify that, I, I actually think that that's a very good pick. And like I said, I, I thought about that as well. So in the third round for me, people who follow me on Twitter and listen to this podcast know I've kind of been preaching about the running backs. And there is not, other than Mike Davis, there's not a running back signed after 2017. Carlos Hyde's going to be a free agent. Hightower, Harris, those guys are on one-year deals. So I think the Niners are going to try to get, well, they're going to definitely get a running back in this draft. It's just a matter of when. And a lot of people have made the points that, and, and they're correct points, that, that the Shanahan's find running backs later that fit the system and they don't really jump for one high. But I think in this scenario, but because they need sort of a second back now and because they need one moving forward, I, I took a running back in the third round and I took uh, Alvin Kamara out of tennis back. Uh, he lined up all over the balls, the balls offense, which is something that's going to be attractive to Shanahan. Think about how he used his running backs in Atlanta uh, the past couple of years. Um, Kamara had over 280 touches the past couple of years. And I think not only will he be an ex- excellent, excellent compliment to Hyde this year, I, I think he's somebody that can be a big part of the offense moving forward. I think they're going to be looking for a long-term answer at running back in this draft. And, and to me, Kamara would be a good pick here. It's interesting. They just reported today that Kamara came in for a visit and uh, he went out to the Bay Area and he visited with the 49ers and and he was one of the one of the 30 allocated draft visits. And today, by the way, was the, the last day that, that players could actually visit with teams before the draft. So uh, the window closed today. But he's an intriguing prospect. He's a, he's a solid running back. And I, I feel like he would go higher in previous years because now the way the NFL is, it's the, there's the running backs are kind of a dime a dozen. And there's not that premium placed on running backs anymore. But 10 years ago, this guy's going in the first round. And he's got all the skill sets. He can run. He can catch. He's versatile enough to provide a compliment to Carlos Hyde. So I, I like that pick. Um, my pick, I went with, and it's interesting enough that we both picked him. I went with Zay Jones, and I went with him. He, I went with him around later. And I'm hoping that he falls to us at three. And I'm hoping that the 49ers pounce on him when when he if and when he does fall. But as you said earlier, this guy is just a catch machine and a yards machine and a big play machine. He's got really good hands. He's a hands catcher. If you if you watch the film on him, he doesn't let anything get too close to his body. He really just snatches everything out of the air and he can run the entire route tree. So you see most of his routes are actually in short, short spaces, which is great for a West Coast offense and a possession receiver. And, you know, he, he can, he's, a, he's a, a technician at the receiver spot and, and he's a leader, like you said. So that's, these are the types of guys that the 49ers need on their roster. And Zay Jones in the third round would be tremendous value if he, if he were to fall that far. And he, you know, to top it off, he set the record for most uh, receptions in a career with 399 in FBS history. So he, you look for these superlative type players in the draft. And if you can, if you can get them, then your roster immediately improves like number one in the conference or a career leader in this or conference play of the year. And that, that, that these sites, these sorts of players 
the more of them you have on your team, the better your roster is going to be. Man, if he falls to the third, I'll got to be all over him. Obviously, I took him with first, you know one of the first picks in the second round. But yeah, that would just be a tremendous pick. And I think I, we obviously both like Jones. And, and the more I see of him and read up on him, I I, I think he's going to be a good pro. And and I, ho- I, I hope it's been so long since the Niners had a good quality receiver that they've gotten out of the draft. I, I hope that they go for one of these receivers early on. I really do. I really do. But that's yeah, no. another good pick. Yeah, I, if if Zay Jones isn't there, if he and if there's a good chance he may not be. There's a good chance that a team may swoop in in the second round. Maybe the 49ers may they trade up in the second round again into the back end of it and, and grab Zay Jones. But there's a good chance that he may be gone. And then you look at guys like Cooper Cup, who who most likely will be around in the third round. And he also set records in East, Eastern Washington too. So that's kind of another option there. But in the fourth round, I for me like I I know that the quarterback position needs to be addressed, and I know that that the 49ers are not going to go into this season with only Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley on the roster as quarterbacks. There will be more quarterbacks on this roster, be it through free agency in the draft. But I chose to go quarterback with my fourth round pick. And I chose to go with Brad Kaya out of Miami. And he's an interesting guy. He, he was a three-year starter in Miami. And he's your prototypical pocket quarterback. He operated in a pro-style offense in, at, at uh, Miami. And you know, he had a really good touchdown to interception ratio in 2016. He had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And and for the most part, for his entire career, he's had a pretty good TD to INT ratio. He does have limitations that need to be coached up. And he's not a he's not a year one starter. He's not a guy that's going to come in right away and, and make an impact. But he has a lot of these tools that I feel like Kyle Shanahan can work with. And he's that he's that sort of guy that he throws a really good deep ball, um, a lot of touch on his deep ball. And he's accurate in short spaces. So I've, I've been watching Brad Kaya for a couple of years now. And I, I've, he really never took that second step to elite status. But I feel like part of it was that the situation with, with the University of Miami was, was a little bit off. And, and the coaching changes and things like that kind of hurt him. So if he gets a, st- a stable sort of offense in a, in a system that he can learn, I feel like he can excel in, in probably two or three years. I, I like that you went with a quarterback here. I, I thought it was a smart move, and you're, you're going to see why in a minute. Did you know the quarterbacks drafted by the 49ers in this century are Giovanni Carmazzi, Tim Rattay, Brandon Doman, Ken Dorsey, Cody Pickett, Alex Smith, Nate Davis, Colin Kaepernick, BJ Daniels, and Jeff Driscoll? So it's been a who's wow. who. Yeah, pretty bad. And Alex Smith, listen, he's had a decent career, but he hasn't lived up to the number one billing, you know, the number one overall pick. Colin Kaepernick had a meteoric rise and then, a, you know, a big fall soon thereafterwards. So the Niners haven't done very well at taking quarterbacks. And I think they're actually going to take a quarterback with this pick, too. Now, I don't think they're going into this draft thinking they're going to find the quarterback of their future. I think they're going into this draft thinking that they're going to find a quarterback that can develop into this system. And if he becomes a great backup, fantastic. If he becomes starting material, even better. And I think of sort of what Shanahan did um, when he was the Redskins offensive coordinator, pushing for Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. He's going to try to find that type of quarterback. And the guy that I pegged here was uh, Nathan Peterman from Pittsburgh. And I know he doesn't have a great arm, but I've seen him actually compared to Kirk Cousins. Um, and we all know what what Kyle thinks of Kirk. He's not as impressive physically, but he has good vision. He has good accuracy. Um, he completed... 42.6% of his deep throws, even without a very strong arm, which shows that he's making the right reads, which shows that he's accurate. 
you know, I think he has a chance to develop under Shanahan into, into a nice QB. Again, I don't know that he's going to be a, a pro bowler, but he could be somebody that you take, you groom, and he could end up surprising people. And, and, and I think the same thing you said with, with uh, Bradley Kea. Um, it's just a guy that can come in, play under the system, and, and could end up being a, a good pick for the Niners. But I agree. I think around now is when you're going to see them take a quarterback with, if not a pick in the third round, definitely that first pick in the fourth round. Yeah, Nathan Peterman is an interesting guy. And a lot of people say that he fell flat of expectations when when he was in college. But, you know, really so much of that is external and and, and the coaching staff and injuries and, and so many of those other things. And you can question arm strength and and all of these physical attributes, but sometimes guys have that it factor. And I feel like Peterman really has the potential to have that it factor at the next level where he has physical limitations, but he's able to overcome them with with moxie and experience and all those things that, that he can gain. And either way, I think that both of these guys are going to be projects and, and they're not going to be necessarily even active on game days. It's it's almost like having the third quarterback, the emergency quarterback or the inactive quarterback. But they most likely will address qu- the quarterback position. And I don't think they're going to wait till the later rounds to address it. I think the first time they'll address it will be in the, the earlier rounds. Definitely, definitely. All right, for my now the Niners have two fourth round picks, but I actually made a trade, so I'm going to give them three fourth round picks. I traded both of the, their fifth round selections to trade up to pick number one seventeen. You you made a trade? I made a trade. I'm not I, I of a loser. Make trades in the, oh I man, I should have been wheeling and dealing. I should have put my GM hat on and started wheeling and dealing. Then, dude, I looked up the chart and stuff to see like the points and everything. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge loser. So I did. <laughs> I, did that and and I went with uh Deshaun Hall, defensive end from Texas AM. And now obviously he he's played on the other side of Miles Garrett. And I think he definitely has some upside as a pass rusher. Um the 49ers D line coach Jeff, whatever his last name is, Agnita or whatever his name Skinina. is. That's um, yeah, is that how you say it? Okay, it's got any I don't even know that. Um he actually ran him through some drills, so so they've worked with him. Um and I think that he's someone that, that, like I said, can definitely have upside and eventually develop into a nice pass rusher for them. Now, the scouting report on him is that when his initial moves don't work, um, he tends to struggle. So he's definitely going to be someone that they need to develop. But at this point in the fourth round, I, I think that they can trade up and get somebody with, again, that high upside. Yeah, I I, I like to trade and I, I like to pick. And I should have really... I should have really done some trades too, but it's it's so hard to to predict <laughs> so what teams no, are going to want. You know, sometimes guys will just give up a, a, a pick for a bag of a bag of footballs. So you know, and if it's New England, they're deflated footballs. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really you really can't predict what's going to happen in trade. And I like the fact that you did have a trade, and um, I played mine straight up, and and uh, I played my mock draft pretty much straight up the entire way. But in the for- in the second pick that we had in the fourth round, that the 49ers had in the fourth round. I had the 49ers picking our boy Aaron Jones from UTEP, the running back. Yes. Yeah, and you know what that means? That means that he would come on our podcast too. So this was this was not a homer pick, I promise you though. This was not this <laughs> there's logic behind this pick. And and the logic is that um he's a perfect complement to Carlos Hyde. He's 5'9, 208 pounds, and you know, he runs with good power and and he's versatile enough where he can catch out of the backfield too. He had 28 receptions and three touchdowns last year catching out of the backfield. He also set a UTEP record with uh, 1,773 yards rushing, which was good for fourth in FBS. And he averaged his his yards per carry average was ridiculous. He averaged 7.7 yards per carry in 2016. Isn't that ridiculous? 
crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So this guy, he can, he is an absolute player. And again, it's one of those things that there's no more premium putting on being put on running back. So these guys are going later in the draft. And if it was another year, guys like Aaron Jones and, and Kareem hunt and, and these guys would be going a little bit earlier, but he's going to go in the fourth round and he's going to go to the 49ers. And I really hope that the 49ers pick him. As you said, the running back depth, it's basically only going to last a year. And after that, they need a plan. And I don't even know if Mike Davis is going to make the roster. He's the only guy assigned beyond this year. So they're definitely going to address the running back position and they're going to do it, in my opinion, in the fourth round. I love Aaron Jones too. And again, not just because he's, he said he'd come on the podcast. I, I think he'd be a great compliment. I think he'd be a great piece I Think he can make a lot of plays in Shanahan's offense. And he was somebody I thought about too later. If, if I didn't jump for that running back in the third round, he's somebody that, that I really think has a shot to end up on this team. I, I think that would be a great pick. And you have to think the Niners are, are heavily considering a, a running back like him at, at around that spot. Yeah. And the, the thing with the Shanahan's Mike and Kyle, what they do is they get the most out of mid to late round running backs. And this, this just kind of fits for me and, and it fits their, their MO with how they develop running backs and how they draft running backs. So I think that, that I, and I hope that this is the pick in, in, in that scenario. I, I went with pick 143 in the fourth round, uh, Howard Wilson, cornerback out of Houston. Uh, he's basically a project picked for me. Uh, I think he can develop into a good corner. He's six one, but he's only 184 pounds right now. So he, he definitely needs to fill out. What impressed me was he averaged an interception every 15 targets. It had nine total despite uh, just one full season as a starter. And I think he has a chance to be a, a good player. I think he has a chance to be an eventual starter. It's, it's going to take some time. But again, it, when you're talking about the fourth round, when you're talking about the fifth round, you're looking at value. And I think Wilson would be good value here and somebody who can eventually be a player for the Niners. I like that pick. I think that, again, it's, it's a project pick. And the, this is, the, the, I believe, the first time you've you chosen to, to address defensive backs. And again, with Tremaine Brock being released, there is a big hole there. And really, it's, it's whoever can step up and next man up in this case. And there's there's depth on the roster, but you really don't know. You mentioned this earlier. You really don't know what those guys are going to give you because some of them are coming off injury. Will Redmond had that injury and and, uh, you know, Dante Johnson's kind of an unknown. And we know that Rashad Robinson is I feel like he's going to be good, but, you know, he has to prove it on a regular basis. So there's a lot of uncertainty in the secondary and we don't know where Jimmy Ward's going to play. So I, I agree with the pick. I like that that you're addressing the defensive backfield and 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 I'm. I'm all for that pick. I, I like his, I like his size. I like his speed. I think that he can really be coached up. All right. I have no fifth round pick saying, cause I, I traded him. Oh, so, that's right. So yeah. the, the, so, the fifth round is all yours. Uh, we didn't establish the rules of the mock draft. So, so you, you go <laughs> ahead and trade the fifth round pick for, for a bunch of goodies. So I will, my fifth round pick is going to be Julian Davenport out of Bucknell. He's a tackle and he's, one of the guys that the 49ers visited with when they went to Bucknell and he's athletic. He can really excel in a, in a zone blocking scheme. As we just saw the 49ers just signed a tackle from Seattle and uh, it was just happened today. So there's clearly a need for a swing tackle or just a backup tackle that can play. And Davenport's a, a developmental 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 player. He started 44 games in his career at Bucknell and all 44 games, uh, he 
was basically uh, those are those are all the games he appeared in. So he started basically every game that he appeared in at Bucknell, which is pretty impressive. He's kind of an Iron Man um, with regard to that. He was a two year captain, so being a team captain shows that he has leadership and you're getting more of these solid locker room guys and, and solid citizens that will be able to set an example. So, um, you know, he's six, seven, three fifteen, So he's, he's not overly huge like Trent Brown is. So he's athletic enough where again, he can play that zone blocking sort of scheme. I, I love, I love the pick for the tackle. And, and I actually thought, and I actually had one and changed the pick after they signed, um, Gilman from Seattle, but you made a great point with the tackle because they do need to develop a swing guy and maybe somebody that can eventually take over for, for Joe Staley. And they didn't really have that guy. And apparently they're not really so, sold on, on Theus who was the, probably the backup heading into, to before they just made the signing, but tack, tackle is something I thought that they definitely needed to address. And I, I think they will late in this draft. It's not a good draft for offensive linemen. So if they take one, it it would be more of someone that they can develop, maybe stash away on the practice squad and see, you know, a few years from now if they can help the team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and this is a strictly developmental pick with Davenport. And uh, as are most of the late round picks, you you people always point to guys like Tom Brady and be like, oh, well, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick and he became a star. Yeah, but how many guys didn't make it and how many guys ended up being developmental guys and needed a few years? So Tom Brady is the exception. He is not the rule. Yeah, unless you have Bill Belichick's deal with Satan, usually um, six-round <laughs> picks don't work out that well. So yeah. unless you can tap into that, you're, you're probably yeah, it's probably not going to work out for you. So the 49ers have, have an additional fifth-round pick, and um, this one I chose to go with Michael Roberts out of Toledo. And he, in my opinion, could be the best blocking tight end in this draft. He's a huge target. He's six foot four, 270 pounds. So this guy is, this guy is beefy. He's, uh, you know, he, he had 16 touchdowns last year and was a huge threat in the red zone. So he had a really eye-opening year, and, and it kind of vaulted him almost from an undrafted free agent into the middle of the draft. And he's a really good run blocker. He's got the versatility to play H-back. And, and if you can pair him with Kyle Juszczyk and put them on the field at the same time, it's going to offer a, a huge amount of versatility with what they can do because both of those guys can run and catch. So, um well, you check and run and both of them can catch. So Michael Roberts from Toledo is going to be the second fifth round pick for the 49ers. Wow. We're, we're thinking too much alike here in this draft. I actually, uh, <laughs> my sixth round pick, I went with a tight end too. And, and you made a lot of great points there. And I think they're going to want to get weapons for Shanahan. They're going to want to get guys that he could line up in certain spots on the field and do a lot of things with. I went with, and I'm going to screw up his last name. Uh, Cole Haikutini, Haikutini. Uh, he's a tight end out of, out of Louisville. And he was really a safety valve for Lamar Jackson when Lamar Jackson actually needed a safety valve. And he had 50 catches, 668 yards, and eight TGs in 2016. Now, he's not a strong blocker, uh, but he is a good receiving tight end. And I thought that that would be a good pick here. Again, in, in the sixth round, you're just hoping for someone that you can develop or, or maybe someone that, that, you know, it's a long shot to make to make the team, but ends up making an impact. And I think, I think we're both sort of thinking the same thing along these lines that, that they get a tight end here and just sort of an offensive weapon that that'll fit into the system and give Shanahan someone else to use in different formations. Yeah. They, they ask, they ask, they actually ask a lot of their tight ends in the Shanahan offense. They ask them to block. They ask them to go out for passing, passing and they, and they have them kind of run most of the route tree, whether as, as a decoy or as the, the, primary focus and they kind of have them leaking out of the backfield as well as H back. So really 
the versatility that these guys, both of these guys provide, it would be a huge asset to the 49ers. And really, Vance McDonald really don't know what they, they have in them in him. And Garrett Salek is is pretty much uh, towards the end of his career. He's had injuries and things like that. So uh, it's time to kind of restock the tight end cupboard. Blake Bell is out there, but really he's another unknown. So I think that right now John Lynch is going to want to create as much competition as he can at that spot and and may the best man win. That's the thing. What if any of these tight ends they have on the roster done? What what has Vance, Vance McDonald done? What has Selleck done? What has these guys haven't done anything? I, I know McDonald's showing flashes and I know there's quarterback issues, but just because they signed McDonald to an extension doesn't mean that you're going to say, okay, oh, well, we got a tight end. They, they haven't, don't have anyone that's proven anything at tight end to me. And I, I agree. It's a position that they have to address. And if you want to do it later now, I think that's fine. But eventually they're going to need a better tight ends than what they have. I agree. And so your sixth round pick was a tight end. My sixth round pick is going to be Jonathan Calvin from Mississippi State. And he's an outside linebacker. He's really raw, but he had seven sacks just last year. And he had 13 tackles for loss. So I think that he would be a great fit for the Leo position or potentially in the future for the Leo position because he's basically played that. He's not he's not like Solomon Thomas, like where he was just a defensive tackle that they're trying to make into a Leo and think that he can do it. Jonathan Calvin actually played outside and he actually played outside linebacker and he can actually rush the passer. And, and we know that he can, he, he's a really raw prospect and and he's one of those guys that's going to take some seasoning uh, to be able to contribute right away. And he might be one of those guys that you can stash away on your practice squad. But I feel like the 49ers really, and they said they would address the Leo position in this draft. I feel like we're going to see some surprises. And one of the surprises is going to be that they're not going to address the Leo position until late in the draft because they're, they may be happy with what they currently have in Aaron Lynch and, and they may feel like they can get the most out of him and Ahmad Brooks. That's a great point. Again, we don't know what they think of the guys that they have in the, in this draft is going to tell a lot about that. So if, if they do what you said and, and, and they wait to, to address the Leo position, maybe they like some of the guys they have a little bit better than, than, you know, what others may think. So that, that'll definitely tell a lot. And it kind of leads into my next pick in the sixth round, which is pick number two Oh two. And I took safety, Jonathan Rudy Ford out of Auburn. And this is my first time addressing the safety position. I waited until later because again, I think they have some players back there and we don't know exactly what, they think of these players, you know, they've taken three safeties in through rounds one and two over the last eight, I think out of their last eight picks in rounds one and two of three of them have been safeties. So are, are they really going to, going to use another pick on a safety? So I went with Ford here late in Mel Kuyper had originally had him as a fourth or fifth round pick. And I see the Niners getting him here in the sixth Ford had 59 tackles in seven passes broken up in 2016. He was another guy who looked pretty good at the senior bowl and I think he can at least provide depth in special team play, if not anything else. And, and he can also return kicks. So for the sixth round, again, I keep coming back to it. It's good value for where we are. It's good value for the sixth round. And I, I think Ford would be a good pick here. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that they will address the safety position at all. And I guess I just gave away my last two picks. They're, they're not a safety. But I think that the 49ers feel comfortable with what they have right now at safety. And it's, there's kind of a log jam. And if they're not going to go with the, an Adams or hooker at this, at the top of the draft, I don't think they're going to, they're going to really draft the safety at all because 
they don't really know. Again, we keep going back to this, but they don't really know what they have in Joukowsky Tart, and they don't really know if Jimmy Ward can go back to free safety. And Eric Reed is still there, and Robert Salas stated that he's going to play in the box. So, um, I, I I like the idea because you definitely want to create competition, and that's the theme of what John Lynch is trying to do. Um, but I, I'm not sure if they go safety at all in this draft because of because of who they have. I chose to go with Elijah Lee from Kansas state. And he's, he's going to be good middle linebacker and special teams depth. He's a bit undersized at 228 pounds, but he plays with a lot of heart and, and, you know, he is a three down linebacker or he was at Kansas state and he's got the athleticism to stay on the field for all three downs. You know, Ruben Foster is also sitting at 228 right now. So you're really relying on these guys to get the most out of their, of their ability and their athleticism. So uh, Elijah Lee, Kansas state, you know, he may be a practice squad guy. He may be a special teams contributor, but you really have to start filling out the special teams and, and the practice squad at this point too, late, this late in the draft. Definitely. That's what you're looking for at, at this point, that these guys can at least play special teams. And I, I think that would be a good selection for that. Uh, the final pick on my sheet at uh, pick number two nineteenth in the seventh round. And I'm probably going to screw his name up too, but let me try it. I went with Stevie Tui Kolovotu Batu out of USC. Uh, he's a defensive tackle. He's 6'1", 333 pounds. He's a big run stuffer. And I think he'd be a steal here in the seventh and really could make the team. Um, will he be there? I'm not so sure about that. But in the seventh round, anytime you could beef up one of the lines, whether it's defensive line or offensive line, it's a good pick. And, and I, Stevie's a guy that can come in and, like I said, has a real shot to make this team. I actually like that pick. I, I really like the fact that you're addressing defensive line and, and, you know, I, I chose not to get a D, a D tackle in this draft. And, and we can talk about this after we finish talking about our picks, but I really like that idea because really you just want a guy who can eat up blocks and eat up space. You don't need a guy that is a, a technician that can get to the quarterback or anything crazy like that. At this point, you really need a guy that can free up your, middle linebackers and and the pick of Reuben Foster, which both of us had at the beginning, if you can free that guy up and you can free Navarro Bowman up and let them make plays, um, it really, really helps your defense. And really all you need a guy is a guy who's big enough to make that happen. And he seems like he's big enough to make that happen. Just put the big body in the middle and let him plug things up, you know, yeah, <laughs> let him stuff let him, to run. Just, just let him eat, eat blockers for breakfast. Right. So absolutely. Yeah, I, I went with Jared Evans, the quarterback out of Virginia Tech, and he actually had a, a recent visit with the 49ers, and um, he was a surprise entry to the draft. People didn't think that he would actually be going. They thought that he would be staying for another year at Virginia Tech, but this is another one of those practice squad type of picks, and he's a, a strictly a developmental guy. He's six foot three, just a shade over 200 pounds, and and you know he has he has some ability to to run a, a, and and make plays with his, with his feet. He had a bunch of rushing touchdowns in his college career, but he's another one of those developmental guys, more so developmental than Brad Kaya is. And people may ask why I'm going with two quarterbacks. It's because you usually want to have a quarterback on your, on your practice squad as well. And a lot of times those guys come from late in the draft. So Jared Evans, Virginia tech is, is my last pick. I like it. Taking the two QBs. You got to take a shot on some quarterbacks. You have a, a coach now that can actually coach up quarterbacks. Take guys with upside. See see what you can get out of them. I, I think it's great. It's a quarterback league. 
might as well take a shot in the seventh round with somebody who's athletic all for that. You know, you know, I can't stress enough as, as we come to a close. I actually think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I've been, I've been, yeah, I, I, this was, this was a lot of fun. Actually, this was the first mock draft I've ever put together. So this was a lot of fun and I hope, I hope our listeners enjoyed this too, because this is something that we'd like to make a yearly, a yearly sort of occurrence. And I know I've been pretty critical of a lot of mock drafts out there and, and pretty critical of, of a lot of these, these picks with the 49ers taking Solomon Thomas and, and God, they had another one. Uh, another mock draft with the 49ers taking Mitchell Trubisky, which is just, just an awful pick at that at number two. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I hope that we put out something that people kind of agree with more. And I want to point out that the 49ers were allocated 30 visits for players for prospects this year, as as is as is every team, as is as is the case every year. But really, if you look at the list on on webzone.com and Fans can look at that list on the front page. It's just underneath the, the the main banner. But if you look at that list, it I don't see 30 names that came and visited the 49ers. And that's interesting to me because it seems like there's very little leaking out of that building now. I agree. And, and there's going to be some surprises. We, we don't know. We don't have any track record for John Lynch. We don't know what he's going to do. But we know that this regime is is aggressive and there's definitely going to be something at some point in this draft that makes you say, wow, where did that come from? But I think the big thing to stress right now, and as you listen to our picks and, and even on draft day, this team is not going to get rebuilt overnight. They cannot fill all of their holes overnight. They can't get a Malik Cooker and a Reuben Foster and a quarterback and a Mike Williams. And it, it can't happen in one draft. They have to piece this thing together. It's going to be baby steps in this, you know, come next week, come the draft. They just have to bring in the best players possible for their system and build this thing. Like John Lynch says, brick by brick and, and one, one at a time. So I, I feel that they're going to, I'm really confident going into this draft. I really am. And I feel like they're going to make the right moves, but this will be a big day for Lynch and the new regime for sure. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I really think that you see a lot of these seven round mock drafts, like Walter football puts out seven round mock drafts every year and they do a pretty good job of that. But you see a lot of these seven round mock drafts and Niners wire did it too. our friend, Chris Biederman put one out too. And he's, and he's put out some great ones too. Um, and a lot of these picks that you see from other people who are not necessarily related to the, to the 49ers or, or covering the 49ers, you see a lot of these picks kind of out of left field. And, and I really think that the 49ers are going to stay true to their draft board. And that basically means that they're going to pick guys that they visited with. If you look at the list that, that I, that I chose or the guys that I chose, the only guy that didn't visit with the 49ers was Brad Kaya. Every single other guy visited with the 49ers. And I highly doubt that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to take chances on guys. They have, haven't at least visited with, which is why I left, you know, a guy like, Solomon Thomas on the board because they haven't visited with them specifically. Uh, they did go to the pro day, but they haven't had a private visit. So really that's kind of telling. And then that, that, that tips the hand a little bit. Nobody really knows what the 49ers are going to do, but that tips the hand a little bit. And I, and I'm willing to say that they're going to pick more guys that they visited with than not. I think that's a great point. I think that's definitely a great point. I'm interested just to see again, this is the first time we're going to see, Lynch and Shanahan really in action. And I, I just can't wait to see what, what they come up with. And I think that I, I like our first round pick of Ruben Foster. 
And I really do think that that's going to be the pick. I've never been more interested. I I don't think in a 49ers first round pick, I just to see where they're going to go and where this new regime is going to go. And there's so many players that they could take it to, which is just going to be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a clean slate and there is a lot of buzz and excitement surrounding the 49ers at this, at this draft and during this last month or so. And a lot of it is, is confusion as well. Cause nobody really knows what the 49ers are going to do. Like I mentioned earlier, they haven't tipped their hand at all. And everything that anybody says is speculation at this point, because nobody really knows what the 49ers want to do aside from trading out. And the, the assumption is that they're going to have to use that pick. And it's you know your guess is as good as mine as as who it's going to be but Ruben Foster seems to check all the boxes of what they want what they need right now so uh, that's why that's why I chose to pick him absolutely well Zane I hope you enjoy Chicago man uh get out there and get some deep dish have fun while you're out there yeah you know I'm I'm going to be coming back to the Bay Area with a few extra pounds the food out here is amazing and <laughs> you know the the company and the people out here just you know they treat me so well every time I come out here so it's it's uh it's always uh, I come out here every year and and every year is just a special trip Awesome well to our listeners thank you again you can follow us on Twitter at zane49ers at lsacco49 for the 49ers webzone no huddle podcast we will talk to you next time Peace <laughs>